Welcome back to podcast Found in Estonia, where I, Tina, usually talk with different foreigners living in Estonia. Yet, this season features Estonians who are no strangers to living abroad themselves. We will talk about why, when and how did they end up living abroad, how was their experience compared to living in Estonia, and if and how their perspective shifted after moving back to Estonia. This season is powered by a non-profit organization called Mondo, which aims to reduce global inequality. You can hear more about our project together at the end of this podcast. Today's guest is an Estonian, Henry Ormus. Henry is a nuclear engineer. He is also the co-founder and board member of a company Fermi Energia, whose aim is to build small modular reactors in Estonia. He studied in Sweden, did an internship in the US, then lived 11 years in Finland and worked another year in Russia. He's here to share his international experiences and give an insight to the nuclear energy field. And now I want to welcome you, Henry, to the podcast and let's start. You have lived in so many different countries and places. What was your childhood like? Did you always dreamed about living abroad or did it just happen like that? Well, yeah, the the kind of traveling and living abroad, it kind of grew over time. When I was young, I was uh, uh, doing uh, EPE fencing and uh, I went to a lot of international co- competitions. And uh, in my junior years, I was also in the Estonian national team. So participated to uh, European championships, world championships. Kind of that was my first glimpse of traveling abroad, seeing different countries and that grew over time. And then um, when I went to university, of course, I traveled for free time, backpacking, doing different things. Um, then I was in the international uh, student organization. I joined to this uh, group, uh, which was called BEST, the Board of European Students of Technology. They had a lot of international corporations, workshops, uh, events, uh, where more and more this traveling and seeing different countries, different cultures, all this kind of really inspired. And I was really, really enjoying that part. I studied electrical engineering. Uh, I had not found a way to go study abroad. There wasn't a right uh, time or right opportunity there. So when I was... Uh, in my master's year, last year of my master's degree in electrical engineering, actually then the opportunity uh, to go study abroad, uh, abroad came. Um, I will talk about that later, but before that uh, was also, um, let's say, my first uh, long period being away from Estonia was uh, 2006. Uh, it, I think it was uh, my f- after my first master's year, um, I went to Work and Travel USA program where I was living uh, three years uh, in US in, in, in Florida. I was working in a beachwear shop, uh, sharing a condo with, uh, with uh, foreigners in, in Florida. We had a great time just doing some simple and stupid job, but we were able to uh, travel and see, see the world. And this was, let's say, the first eye-opening experience, like living abroad, getting really the foreign con- uh, cultures and understanding more the different cultures. Because when you travel for tourism, you see a little bit, you see the buildings and the cities and the uh, nature, but you don't really understand uh, the people and uh, the background. So when you really live in a different country, you, it's your temporary home. Uh, then then you start to kind of appreciate and understand more about these people. I remember this one time, uh, uh, this kind of highlight was uh, I wake up in the morning and I, I remembered my dreams were in English. <laughs> I was dreaming in English. Everything was happening in English. I was speaking English. I was like, whoa, that is, that's crazy. I'm like thinking already in English because after being a few, few months abroad, and yeah, th- from that, uh, basically, uh, the, the appetite to be uh, live in, in other countries and do international career, this kind of grew and grew. Wait, how long did you stay in uh, the US? That time uh, it was 
three months it was the work uh, work period and then one month I was traveling around after that and spent all my money I earned <laughs> and came back with the debts uh, <laughs> but that was uh, totally worth it yeah 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 and um, and yes uh, then um, I was as I said um, on my last year of master's uh, studies in in, in 2007 and uh, that time already the nuclear engineering kind of grew popular. There were some talks of Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, uh, joint program, joint nuclear power plant and, and different talks. So that time one crazy professor from Sweden came to Tallinn University of Technology. Uh, he gave a speech in Estonian. He had studied physics in Tartu University and he was a professor of, uh, professor of uh, nuclear uh, radio reactor physics uh, in, 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 in Sweden, in Koteho, and he came to promote his new program, nuclear engineering, that, which was an international uh, program in English, master's program in, in Sweden, in Koteho, uh, Royal Institute of Technology of Sweden. And then we, with a group of uh, electrical engineers from Tallinn University of Technology, we decided, okay, hey, that, that, this, was, this was really cool. Let's let's organize a visit. Let's go and see the university. We went to see the fuel factory, nuclear uh, reactor fuel factory, uh, it, uh, and uh, so the school. And it was all pretty impressive. And then few of us applied, and uh, three of us uh, finally were accepted, and uh, we decided uh, to go to study. And then we were thinking, okay, where to get the funding? And then at that time, Estonian Energy was talking about nuclear. Uh, the the university, electrical engineering faculty, they had cooperation with Estonian Energy. So we went to our dean and they said, okay, uh, can you help us to get the money? So we had a discussion with, with Estonian Energy and they created this scholarship. And uh, we got money for two years uh, to study in Sweden. So me, uh, Maria Pokari and Kasper Göp, who are now all the founders of Fermi Energia, Estonian company, uh, we went to study nuclear at that time. It was 2007 then. And actually, Sandor Liive was the CEO of Estonian Energy at that time, uh, who uh, signed the scholarship to us, is now uh, chairman of the board and co-founder of Fermi Energia also. So we are back together after after many years of being uh, bringing abroad. So yeah, uh, that's uh, basically from where my international career started studies. So two two years of master studies in, in Sweden. And um, when these were finalized, uh, briefly came back to uh, Estonia for a few months, we had already talks through Estonian energy, uh, Estienergia. Uh, uh, they had connections to Westinghouse in in uh, in US, so uh, then uh, I signed for the contract of uh, internship for for six months. So I went to US to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was in Westinghouse, which is the US uh, nuclear power plant producer and technology vendor. They do fuels, they do reactor technology, they do R and D. So I was in their R and D. Uh, section uh, working with small modular reactor safety analysis so I did some stuff there and uh, yeah that was re really really interesting experience okay and, uh, wow but if I think about uh, Pennsylvania that you mentioned that does all the nuclear power stuff then isn't Pennsylvania famous for like Amish country and this low tech stuff <laughs> That's an interesting question. Yeah, uh, I didn't uh, met any Amish people, <laughs> but uh, I met a lot of uh, bright uh, young people in in Pencil in Pittsburgh. There is um, two very uh, reputable uh, universities, technology, Carnegie Mellon and uh, Pitt, uh, Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh uh, Technical University, and uh, there was a lot of different interns uh, in Westinghouse and. Uh, I have now still a um, lot of good friends who were doing PhDs that time in in the in nuclear, but also in different fields. And it was really 
it is old steel town. It was kind of looked this kind of really old U.S. town with a lot of history. There is uh, it's a high-rise city center with uh, with a lot of businesses, but that's really boring there. But the 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 community for students and this part was really really lively and uh, a lot of uh, bright young people. So I learned uh, much more, a lot more about the U.S. culture and uh, the, the living, living uh, actually living and working in the U.S. Mm -hmm. in, in really like a professional way. Yeah, and and you said you had worked in in the U.S. before, but in Miami, which is on the south coast or south side. Now you were in the kind of north or up there. How different was that? Yeah, in 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 Florida, I was in Clearwater Beach, which is actually like the in the Mexico Bay area. Really nice beaches, like uh, holiday resorts and hotels and all this. Uh, Pittsburgh was all about, let's say, normal living environment, businesses, uh, uh, factories, uh, different stuff. It was totally different. Uh, what I enjoyed was that it's uh, in the northeast. Let's say. There is uh, a lot of interesting, uh, beautiful nature. Uh, we went uh, with my colleagues, went like kayaking, rafting. Uh, we did a lot of hiking. Uh, there it was possible to, you know, drive to Niagara Falls, to Canada, to drive to New York, to drive to Washington. So trip around and see see also the uh, the country, Chicago, one of my favorite uh, favorite cities with uh, great architecture and yeah. Oh, cool. One thing that I wanted to ask about um, before reaching US, let's say, <laughs> going a bit back from from time, when you heard about the nuclear uh, nuclear engineering and you decided, oh, I want to study it, was it common for students to just go and approach big businesses and ask like, oh, can you sponsor me? Or did you know somebody who had done it? Or no, where did we, that idea came from? We had no idea, <laughs> no similar experiences. We knew that uh, Estonian energy is looking into nuclear. We knew that uh, nuclear needs to come at some point. Uh, there is a need, uh, so there must be a way to support students also. So, so we kind of, yeah, we kind of worked it out, and it uh, worked out pretty well. Yeah, and basically, there was a contract between uh, between uh, uh, us and Estienergia uh, that okay, we should work five years after. Uh, finishing university, but it was optional. It was in case they provide the work. But uh, when we, I was always in a good connection with the people from SD Energy at the time, and uh, and yeah, we were having discussion at the time when I was f uh, finishing university. They said we do not have uh, anything too interesting to offer to you. So just just go for international career career we'll pay you we'll take you back uh, later when you find so uh, actually this kind of forced five year uh, contract period to work for estonia energy this was kind of uh, uh, not not taken into force so that was good 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 so i went uh, to have my career in 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 the international nuclear business. Mm -hmm. Something I asked before from you, but were you excited that you don't have to return to Estonia immediately or disappointed? Absolutely excited because uh, I knew that I need to get the experience and uh, I wanted still to live abroad, be in the international business. And uh, that that was kind of really obvious, obvious uh, choice to go and stay abroad where the actual... Uh, things are happening and uh, how things after the, the internship I came back uh, through my colleagues uh, my friends uh, um, I have given my CV they were distributing to different uh, different people and one day I got a call or email I don't remember exactly from Finland it was uh, uh, Pöyr, uh, this uh, quite a large international uh, consulting company. Now it's called AFRI. They have joined with the OF Consulting. They were in, in 50 different countries. And in, in Finland, they had more than 2,000 people working for them. So they invited me there into their nuclear team. So I joined 2010, end of 2010. Uh, after being back from internship, few few months I, I was back in, in at home. And then, yeah, 1st of October, no, 1st of November, I started in Finland. So 
I was found and invited to work there. And yeah, then I was uh, four years in this uh, uh, technical nucle nuclear engineering team. We did consulting for different uh, international projects, uh, Finnish nuclear projects. I was uh, doing quality management. I was the head, uh, head of the quality management of the nuclear team there. Uh, technical consultant in uh, different roles in 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 that uh, so that there I was um, four and a half years uh, wow. till the early 2015 mm -hmm. but if uh, uh, as i understood in estonia you cannot study nuclear engineering you had to go to sweden for that but can you study it in finland yes yes uh, so uh, in finland there's also in laperanta there's a uh, in master's degree in nuclear engineering in English in Sweden there is uh, uh, there's other options in in Europe uh, for example now you know I was studying with Esti Energisti scholarship they gave me two years they paid me uh, money to be able to live live and study which was very good because when I was in in Tallinn I was studying, I was working, you know, it's totally different thing when you can just focus on studying. Then you don't need to bother about earning some money and live to, for survival, let's say. Mm -hmm. But if the the intent of the previous question was like, if uh, you can study nuclear engineering in Finland as well, then how did you caught their attention? Uh, didn't they saw potential in any, any Finnish students who have studied it? Mm. Well, uh, the the Sweden was obvious because actually this really cool professor came to to Estonia and introduced uh, this Swedish master's program. So we were really excited about that. It was new program, all in English. That time I was not aware aware of the of the Finnish program. So so that was really a kind of obvious choice and really wanted to go there. I think amongst young and people in general. Finland is not that exciting destination, <laughs> you know, but uh, after being living there 11 years, uh -huh. uh, I would say it is really nice uh, environment to live. It's, it's very safe. The social security system is very strong. There's a lot of like nature and sports and uh, it's a super nice uh, living environment, uh, like biking to work, the, the, all the facilities and all this. I really enjoyed that. There's nothing exciting about traveling to Finland maybe, but and, and for Estonians yeah, in general, you know, the kind of idea about Finns are the ones that we see here who come from the boat and are drunk and bring... Uh, cheap alcohol back to Finland but actually it's not that it's uh, like there's a lot of bright and uh, nice people and uh, living environment I re really enjoyed living living there otherwise I wouldn't be so long so long there mm -hmm. what are the uh, main differences between Finnish people and Estonians hmm well uh, if uh, if I had a kind of interaction with different international people, then uh, I considered Estonians rather quiet. And all the you, the more south you go, uh, the the more noisy it gets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when when I started working in in Finland, I, it was really a cult cultural shock. We were in the office. There was a, a coffee breaks. There was like. A, at nine in the morning and then two o'clock afternoon. There was like people gathered from their offices to the coffee area were uh, standing there. And so I kind of tried to go and blend in and it was like going there, there was maybe 15 people. Then I think at that office there were mainly men because it was engineering. Uh, and I was sitting there around the table, there was probably 10, 15 men. I take the newspaper and they talk a little bit and then it quiets. <laughs> <laughs> and like 15 seconds, 30 seconds, I take the newspaper, kind of pretend I'm reading, wondering what hell is going on here? Like, uh, these guys are super weird. But then in the end, like, I got used to it. It's like, it's normal to have a break. You don't need to talk. You can just enjoy a cup of coffee and, you know, read a newspaper in, in a group. So. Uh -huh. You get used to that. Uh, <laughs> that was really, really like in the beginning. I was like, whoa, what? 
this the place I'm going to work now. <laughs> <laughs> so do Estonians now seem like extra noisy for you? <laughs> uh, I I consider myself quiet, but now I think I'm kind of uh, <laughs> compared to Finns, I'm pretty talkative and uh, let's say outwards or okay you know, communicative. Yeah. But are the engineering people different in Sweden and in uh, Finland from Estonians, in your opinion? Uh, Finns uh, are definitely very practical. They uh, and they they take. They take time. They take time uh, uh, to think, discuss. Uh, also in in Sweden, they go. Uh, they have this discuter. Uh, so they always uh, discuss the social. They w- kind of walk through the problems by discussion. There is no authority or no decision by the manager. It is like kind of uh, reaching a conclusion in the group think. Uh, for also in Finland, uh, I see that. The people take time to really analyze. Sometimes it's taking too long, uh, <laughs> but uh, really, like kind of engineering way of thinking, analyzing things through properly, and then doing the decision when it's ready to take the decision. Um, in Estonia, I think we are more agile and uh, quick. It has its ad- advantages. But of, of course, it can have uh, certain uh, drawbacks because then the certain risks will increase of not uh, analyzing things enough in detail, for mm. example. For example yeah. Okay. But what about the American engineers? <laughs> uh, well, uh, when I was uh, doing my internship, um, I was mainly working with the interns, w- which were mainly PhDs there. Mm. Uh, I think we were like really similar, like we were like uh, having a problem, solving problems, doing work. I I cannot find like, let's say, big differences or, but uh, I guess I don't have kind of reference for the kind of typical older engineers uh, <laughs> because the Westinghouse actually, it was a really big company. There was this huge, in the other offices, there was like huge areas of cubicles with a lot of engineers who were doing very narrow work so i didn't have let's say interactions with uh, with them i was in the, in the group of these interns interns uh, mainly so that was really lively and we were really like wanted to do develop uh, new new things and do stuff so really exciting um i guess in the same category what about russian engineers because i know you lived in russia as well for one year Yeah. Yes. So the story to Russia. So uh, after being uh, four and a half years in in consulting, uh, then I joined Fennovoima, which is the nuclear new build project in in Finland. Uh, 2015 March, I joined this team. I was working there six six and a half years in different roles, and uh, in the beginning, one of my roles was resident engineer. This is basically I was the owner's representative in in the designer's office. So the, in the Fennovoima Hanhiki V1 project, uh, it was the Russian technology, Rosatom, supposed to uh, deliver a uh, nuclear power plant to Finland. Now this project was cancelled due to the war and the, the cooperation with Russia is stopped. And this is, of course, the right, right thing to do. Um, but uh, so uh, I was one year living living in in Saint Petersburg, sitting in the office of uh, Russian engineers, engineering office uh, called Atom Project. There is, it is different. Let's say uh, we had quite a lot of challenges. Uh, let's say to get the the Russian engineers work as we work maybe in West or in Finland, so that uh, the things are. Uh, properly documented and uh, uh, analyzed, and there's a lot of evidence. Uh, they they worked more. They had a very good technology. There was no doubt that the technology of the Russian PVR technology, pressurized water de- reactor technology, is is uh, good, no doubt. But kind of putting that, translating that to kind of European. Uh, norms and the procedures and way of uh, presenting things it was really challenging and what i learned that uh, in russia uh, in at least in that project particular 
uh, when we talk about deadlines, you know, in uh, in Western world, the deadline is the line you cross. But in Russia, the deadline is the line on what you walk. Okay. So you're constantly <laughs> on the deadline and <laughs> you're just pushing it forward uh, <laughs> uh, while you go forward. It was uh, it was funny, funny, yeah. It, they really like didn't keep the deadlines. Was, mm. Mm. Wow, okay, that's an interesting thing that I haven't heard before. <laughs> but living in St. Petersburg, which is a quite a big city, after uh, you lived in Finland in a smaller city, right? Well, I was living in Helsinki. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But still, uh, five times the difference, even more. Helsinki, I think one million, uh, St. Petersburg, officially five, I think reality seven million, something like that. Uh, it was a big city. I really, really enjoyed uh, living in St. Petersburg. Yeah. Uh, I think it's been one of my best years living abroad so uh, far. Okay. Uh, the what kind of what I liked the most was the, the rich culture and the background, uh, uh, all the architecture and the heritage that has been built by uh, Peter the Great and uh, all this the best. Uh, Symphonia, the best ballet, the best opera. So I had a lot of friends coming over, visiting me. I was living in the city center, really nice neighborhood, uh, going to different uh, events, uh, theater, museums. It was just so rich culture. Also the Russian people, really, really, like uh, really nice people. I have still so many good friends. They're really open and uh, and it was uh, great fun to... To hang around and meet new people, and it was really nice to. In Estonia, don't experience if you go, for example, the public transportation that people standing next to you will start talking to you. In Estonia, it is rare, very yeah. rare, if you kind of experience. I never experienced that <laughs> almost. But there, you went to a public transportation, some old lady starts to- talking to you. So, like kind of this openness, I really enjoyed, and um, I kind of uh, feel feel sad about the. Uh, Russian people and uh, a lot of my good friends uh, who are now suffering through to 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 the war. Uh, this is uh, this is uh, crazy what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we totally cut out everybody over there. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but if people started talking with you in the buses and in the public transport, in which language did they do that, or in which languages did you use in those countries? Uh, yeah, well, uh, let's start. Well, in, in, in Sweden, I, I s- the program was in English, so we studied in English, but uh, I studied also Swedish. So uh, by the end of two years, uh, I had kind of basic uh, basic level. So I was able to read newspaper and maybe some small talk. Uh, in Russia, uh, in Finland, uh, I had already before going to Finland some uh, basics in Finnish. So when I went there, I got private teacher from the company and then my Finnish evolved quite quickly and then I continued five years in Finland I continued taking courses so now I'm fluent fluent in Finnish I can lead uh, all the difficult meetings everything in Finnish no problem in Russia the working language was uh, was English in the project of course uh, I had from my high school pretty poor Russian knowledge and uh, I was pretty bad in in Russian language but um, of course, when I joined the project, I took some courses and then I was excited to learn, learn more. And uh, I got this kind of small talk level uh, where I was able to uh, discuss uh, basic things uh, with with, with lo- locals, and but not, not too well. So, But even the technical things uh, with the computer screen and presentations, we were with some engineers when I was in my resident engineer function and helping, helping uh, the... Uh, Russian local Russian engineers to understand some things of the project and I had to speak also explain things in Russian so this hand uh, <laughs> body language and uh, and showing pictures and figures uh, this uh, we managed uh, quite well oh. yeah. that's nice so you have a lot of languages in your uh, in your pocket mm. I guess a little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool one thing that that I'm also wondering is that in Estonia, if we go to the first grade, we already learned that our neighboring countries are Sweden, Finland, Russia, and Latvia. 
and you went to three of our neighboring countries. Do they acknowledge as well that we are their neighbors and how much do they know about Estonia? Hmm. Well, in St. Petersburg, uh, I think many people know and they know the Baltics and uh, especially older people, they have they have traveled a lot. And nowadays uh, they travel, it's common to travel to whether to Finland uh, from St. Petersburg or to Estonia. So they know from there a lot. Yeah. Well, Finns know always Estonia. They know the uh, cheap, alcohol. cheap alcohol, <laughs> and which is not anymore so cheap. So now it's, I think, uh, getting more this tourism and uh, seeing around more. Uh, in Sweden, I guess uh, not that much. And uh, of course, uh, we're neighbors. They they know what's Estonia, and uh, you know. But when you go to US, mm-hmm. well, then uh, yes, uh, it is. Uh, what is Estonia? What uh, what uh, Estonia? What what is this? Is this uh, what the city is this? Uh, you know, um, very few people actually know what is this. Ah, uh, oh, Europe. Ah, oh, yeah, I know this country, Europe. Yeah, uh, this. Uh, but of course, uh, some. Uh, more intelligent people of course they they know the geography also quite well but there i had to explain many times and take the map and show uh, okay i'm from this little country uh, and uh, what is the language yeah we speak estonian language yeah it's like nothing like any other language and it's not russian language it's uh, it's totally different and uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. i don't remember what the time the article about Estonia came out in New York Times but there was at one point there was a big article about Estonia in New York Times and then I lived in New York uh, three years ago and at that time I met I don't know at least five people who were like yeah yeah I know I know Estonia by this article so mm. that seemed mm. to have done some trick at least in New York <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess this uh startup uh, community and all this high tech uh, what we are building in Estonia I think this has brought the EE residency and the EE country and all this has brought quite a lot of respect and knowledge about Estonia in the international business sectors and IT sectors at least you lived in Finland for 11 years altogether right mm-hmm Did you move there with an uh, with a thoughts or idea that you will stay there for such a long time? Did you already plan that? Well, of course, I didn't plan uh, that long. Eleven years, and uh, altogether, I was away from Estonia fourteen years. If you consider the studies and the internship, and then Finland, Russia, and now, yeah, uh, this last Christmas, I came back with family to Estonia. Of course, you don't make such long-term plans, but uh, at least you think think of five years in advance that, yeah, I want to... The important thing was for me to get international experience, get into international business. So I'm still open. Like, uh, I'm, really, I gla- I'm really glad that I, now I have the opportunity to come back to Estonia and I have kind of created with my colleagues, we have created this opportunity within Fermi Energia to actually work within nuclear sector in Estonia and build something uh, something good for Estonian energy sector. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, you don't do that, that long plans, but uh, time flies and uh, interesting opportunities arise, then you kind of stick to that. But then time was right at some point and it was time to come back to Estonia when you have kind of certain experience and you feel that yeah now I think uh, I've learned so much and now I want to I want to take that knowledge and experience back to Estonia and uh, and all in all like living in Finland it's still relatively close uh, I have many friends who live more far in Europe in US in in Australia from from Estonia people have moved moved out and they come to Estonia much not so often let's say But from Finland, it's quite easy to to come to Estonia. So the connection kind of remained. So I didn't feel so close. I was able always, whenever there's something important happening, uh, to come to Estonia to visit. My home was in Finland. My home was always there, whereas my stuff and my house and my my apartment, so and my family. Uh, so 
So yeah, I really felt felt uh, felt at home there. Mm. And you had to start from the scratch or from zero so many times. Did it go easier every time, or did it go harder to let go of stuff? And yeah, it's like let's say I really enjoy uh, like moving to another country, and uh, it's a lot of exciting new things, and uh, there's a lot of things to learn. So I really enjoy the process of moving. It's of course it's uh, becoming much more easier, and uh, after being traveling so much, it's, it's becoming becoming such a basic thing. You don't think about it. It's like moving to Russia was just okay. Okay, I need to just pack these things. Uh, I will go. I have an apartment signed up. I went to a hotel. Okay, we went to see for a few apartments. It's kind of automatically. You just need to. You basically know the little checklist uh, that you need to take care and just to take care and and then you kind of enjoy what the, what the new experience will bring you and this is this is what i enjoy the most so i'm, I'm i will be always uh, like ready to <laughs> live in different <laughs> countries i think uh, i really enjoy like uh, these new experiences oh, cool do you have a recipe for finding new friends and uh, and uh, making new connections in a new city or a new place as well well yeah that is that is there's actually very good ways nowadays there's a different portal uh, but first first of all like being open in your workers uh, and kind of talking and uh, finding like-minded people there's uh, in finland for example a lot of expats and there's a uh, a lot of experts uh, in our company in different companies so in that sense it's quite easy to find uh, this kind of people in uh, when i went to russia we went with few colleagues one from finland one actually from russia uh, so but i immediately joined uh, this kind of group international group called internations so they have this uh, it's the expat community it's in uh, many different uh, big cities in 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 the world so from there you very quickly find uh, find like-minded people and and it's it's really really nice because there's people like you, people who actually are educated and you enjoy the kind of smart discussions and uh, and doing fun things to together, like uh, traveling and uh, culture and uh, different activities. So it's it's quite easy. Just uh, be open and uh, find these events, for example, what's meant for the international community. Yeah, it sounds really cool and exciting. <laughs> Uh, you you said you moved away from Estonia when you were a student, and now you moved back with the family. Where mm. did the family part got started? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I've been together with my current wife uh, quite a long time already. We met uh, since since two thousand seven. We are together. Well, it was a long distance relationship. Uh, in the beginning, I went to study. I went to US. Uh, I moved to Finland. But then at some point uh, she followed uh, and came 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 also to Finland and, and yeah now we have uh, two small uh, girls uh, one two and a half and one one year old also dog so it's it's nice and uh, it's pretty nice coming back uh, back to the back to the roots you know where your family and uh, your support network especially with the with uh, with kids it's it's quite important they want to uh want to be with the grandparents and all this so uh, this part is it's really nice so it, i think it was uh, really good timing so far to to move back the kids are young uh, so they are not they have not established uh, let's say a ne- network there which will which they would miss you know it's also very important for the kids i think for them it's more important to kind of being attached to certain group of friends mm-hmm. but now that you moved back to Estonia did you follow your list like okay I need to get that place I, I will join internations I will join all the expat groups or you did something different now uh, this time well, in Estonia <laughs> I don't need any of this uh, everything is here uh, yeah uh, well I haven't found a home yet uh, we're temporarily living uh, living at my father's house uh, the, the house and the real estate market is crazy currently, uh, but uh, all the friends from high school, from uh, universities, they're all there. They have always been there. I've been always been in contact with them. So it's like it feels I haven't been away. 
because it, the coming back is so easy because you like I've been always doing stuff with my Estonian friends also in addition to my uh, international friends so so I'm close with uh, with my old friends here also so it was really and coming back it was I, I was also even like a little bit surprised when uh, during the Christmas time last last year we kind of did the move and uh, coming back starting to work immediately like I didn't even notice we moved back well <laughs> it was a lot of hassle with the packing and moving all the all the stuff from the, our apartment uh, but jumping to work uh, really diving in into the business here uh, yeah it's 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 nice like really like I don't feel it like it's just I don't pay attention that it's Okay. So used to that. <laughs> <laughs> but what has changed in you with uh, all of those in- international experiences? Thanks to all of those international experiences. I think uh, what I've really enjoyed, uh, being away, you kind of take a distance view uh, what's happening in Estonia and like this kind of nitty gritty fights and uh, like political, what you see in the media, like like about small things just wasting energy and time instead of actually focusing what is important where you can add value where you can build something valuable to your country to your company to to the people so kind of taking this broad view and kind of understanding the the big picture of the world not just uh, like a very small narrow estonian pool of activities what's happening here so I think this the the kind of view has uh, widened so so much yeah okay and uh was there anything you missed while you were living away from Estonia about mm. Estonia well we <clears throat> when we traveled when we well in Estonia I think we came at least in every few months we were here so uh I remember yeah we brought always black bread. Uh, that was always uh, some certain things. Like, uh, but do they have it in Finland as well? They have, uh, but in a different forms. So you don't have these kind of things. But there's actually in Finland there's many Estonian shops, so you can you can find pretty much everything there, just to double the price. But uh, you can find everything. So, so these things maybe. Yeah, certain certain food like uh, um, kohuk and kohubim and. Uh, and yeah, some dairy products which are not that typical in Finland. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay, interesting. Uh, but what made you come back? Actually, what made you mm. move back? Yeah, so um, so uh, we have established uh, in 2019. We established uh, Fermi Energia, uh, the company which is uh, meant to build uh, small modular reactors in Estonia because uh, Estonian energy system needs to be decarbonizing. Uh, we need uh, a lot of uh, new electricity. And actually it was uh, 2018 in, in my wedding when uh, Kalev, our CEO, and Kaspar, my, my friend with who we studied nuclear, uh, they were after the wedding uh, sitting in the sauna and discussing uh, the world world problems and um, and also n- about nuclear energy and they were thinking okay how we can do it how we can do nuclear small nuclear in Estonia and then from there the discussion started evolving then we pulled in all the Estonian let's say nuclear ex- experts uh, there's a bunch of us who've been working abroad uh, energy field experts uh, Kalev uh, Galemets. We had different people uh, working Sander Lieve. Uh, so we kind of formed this uh, group of uh, founders. And yeah, then we felt that, okay, now the time is right. Yeah, the small modular reactors are coming to market. We've been following, uh, we've been following all the time the what's happening in the industry. I've been actively involved all the time. Different people have been working in different industries. We are some of our co-founders, some are still in Swedish nuclear industry. I'm back now. Marti also came back last last year. So uh, we bring the good ideas back. So so we have established uh, the company in Estonia to actually make make a difference and make the Estonian energy system clean. Mm-hmm. That's really impressive. 
And uh, since you can't study it in Estonia, the, the nuclear engineer, you can't become in Estonia. How do you find your competences? How do you find your teammates? Yeah, well, the nuclear energy discussion is not so uh, young, let's say, not as young as Fermi Energia. Uh, as I said before, Estinergia was thinking about nuclear. There was this Estin Estonian, Latvian, Lithuanian uh, common uh, project. And then there was some discussion of Estonian own nuclear power plant over 10 years ago. Uh, we got uh, three students got with, with who I studied together. Uh, we got scholarships. Then after that, uh, there are several students went to study also nuclear uh, afterwards. Uh, we in Estonia, we don't need master's program in nuclear engineering because actually we don't need an army of nuclear physicists in, in Estonia to build nuclear power plant. Uh, there's maybe 20, 30 people who need to be with a very good uh, competence of the nuclear field. So actually our uh, strategy is also to send people to abroad. And uh, when I studied with scholarship in 2007 to nine uh, in abroad, now Ferminergia is, we created the scholarship and now I am sending students to abroad. So last year we gave a scholarship for master's studies in, in foreign universities to two Estonian students uh, for two years, thousand euros per month. Uh, so they can study all these two years and do their degrees. One went to Switzerland, uh, another went to uh, uh, Spain, France, common in Nuclear energy, nuclear energy engineering program. This was last year. Now this year, two students are starting this week in uh, Sweden again, in Koteho, in Royal Institute of Technology, nuclear engineering program. We gave out, uh, actually just signed uh, yesterday evening, uh, the two scholarship contracts. So another two next year, more two. And we continue every year, at least two people we send abroad. And by this, by doing this, we build up the competences and we have established also in Estonian universities, Tal Taltec, uh, nuclear energy courses, uh, very popular uh, courses, like a kind of introduction or let's say introduction to nuclear energy field in Tartu University. Now, actually today, four o'clock when we are doing this, there was a uh, first uh, course uh, starting in, in Tartu University. So we are building, we are going to schools. We're having this summer school for students. And it was amazing uh, to see already third year now we are having this sum nuclear summer school for Estonian high school students. And a lot of bright young people come and they're, they come and they find us and say, oh, this is really cool. I want to, I want to know more. I want to study more. And actually, three years ago, when we had first summer school, now one girl who participated at summer school now uh, this week starting uh, to study in Sweden nuclear engineering with Ferminerge scholarship. Oh. So, so it is building the competence. It uh -huh. takes time. It takes years. We will take this step by step. It's a long-term planning and it's a long commitment. And this is what, what we are really planning to do and what we need to do. And uh, this is one of my responsibilities also to make sure that we have the capabilities in Estonia to build up. But of course, we will bring in expats also because it's not a problem if we don't have all the people in Estonia. We actually today in uh, basically didn't sign, but we agreed to terms with... Uh, one U.S. Uh, uh, person from U.S. who has an Estonian wife, he's from the he's been working with as an operator in U.S. nuclear submarine working <laughs> on the reactor with the with with U.S. Navy. So these kind of competences uh, are available, and we we will and we can of course bring in this competence. So there will be expats coming to Estonia also. <laughs> so we will fill the gaps and that's mm -hmm. no, no problem. Of course. Mm -hmm. But what is the goal of Fermi Energia? Is it to be uh, offer competition for Esti Energia who offered you the scholarship or, uh, or something else? Well, we will be the energy pro producer. Mm -hmm. uh, our aim is to start from one reactor, but the, the aim is to... Uh, to do the planning procedure for 1200 megawatts because there's huge demand in the Baltics. 
basically 1200 megawatts is basically the need for the whole Estonian energy consumption. But we are not doing the project only for Estonia. There's no such thing as Estonian grid. It is Baltics. It is all interconnected uh, North Pole. So the region is in huge deficit and there's there's room for a lot of clean energy production. Uh, wind need to come, sun need to come, nuclear energy need to come. There's no much room for hydro because this is all, all built. And oil, shale, coal, gas, all these need to be stopped. Well, Estonian Energy, they are building some wind plants, wind, wind parks. Uh, they have the existing oil shale assets, uh, which are producing geller, uh, dispatchable kind of um, electric uh, electricity. But these plants are old and these are polluting. So these need to be phased out at some point. So, so there need to be a lot, a lot clean energy. And nuclear energy is sustainable energy. And this is uh, kind of uh, determined also by the European uh, Union and by the taxonomy. So that nuclear energy is a, is a clean and sustainable energy. And without nuclear, there's no chance to... Uh, reach the climate targets so if we don't build nuclear we will be always depending on our neighbors because the the ca capacity to store energy what is needed when you have wind and solar which is kind of uh, you know intermittent it fluctuates a lot but the, the storing of energy is very expensive and you lose a lot of energy there so this is very expensive and these investments are coming very very slowly and if you want to build it large scale these are not happening. This mm. is not the reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what fascinates and motivates you to be involved in the energy sector and in the energy world? Mm. I, I've been like my my goal going to nuclear was like I was an electrical engineer and it was like kind of boring. Like I did my some electrical projects. Some it was not exciting. But nuclear is. I feel it's challenging and it can make a difference. You can make a difference and uh, you can make a big change in the world. And this is what uh, kind of excites me. This is one part. You can make a difference in the world. The other part is this. It is really international business. Uh, when I was uh, in Finland, I was uh, in Finnish Nuclear Society. I was there. I was uh, the chair for the youth nuclear Finnish uh, young generation of uh, of Finnish nuclear site and then later uh, secretary for international affairs of um, the Finnish nuclear society where I represented uh, Finland in European nuclear society where I served four years actually a vice president in in European nuclear society and it is the international community and bringing all these colleagues and friends together like 10,000, kind of reaching 10,000 engineers, nuclear engineers uh, or nuclear professionals in Europe. And kind of, uh, there's a really nice and kind of small community also. And all this uh, traveling and uh, conferences and all this is also fun part of it and what I really, really enjoy. And, and well, actually nowadays... Um, being a father of uh, two small kids, I, I feel that I don't want to travel anymore. That at least the current moment, I would like to go uh, hiking and backpacking, which I cannot do. But like business travel now, I would like to reduce. Actually, last one and a half weeks, been traveling. I was in UK, uh, was um, uh, getting familiar with the UK nuclear technology and the supply chain. One week there, we were in. Uh, before that, in Swedish nuclear power plant in Forsmark, uh, with a group of Estonians, uh, we, they had a good seminar for Estonian people there, and so it's uh, a lot of traveling still, and uh, still need to be done all this traveling. I really enjoy. I try when I go business trip. I try to take this weekend or some time, just off and take some free time also to discover around, to see something, see friends. Nowadays. The network of international friends is so large. So basically everywhere I go, there's somebody. So I always kind of contact and how are you doing and meet up for a, for a drink or dinner or something. And um, it's it's really cool in, in this kind of society. And Yeah, it sounds really cool that wherever you go, you have now so many connections built and 
you can just con contact them and hang out, catch up. Um, maybe coming back to Estonia, if there are other people who are traveling, making business trips to Estonia, like you would, to other countries, and they have an extra weekend or maybe extra week in Estonia, what would be your recommendations for them to experience or see here? Mm -hmm. uh, well, first of all, I would give uh, first my map of Tallinn, which is a recommendation by Henry, which I did, I think it was 2011 when I was in Finland and some of my friends, international friends came to Tallinn. So I kind of draw a nice walking route with some things, uh, notes uh, to Old Town and then Old Town, Kadriorg and stuff, depending how how much time they have. So I would first I give this. So if you have time few days just focus on Tallinn old town and then uh, you know the our his, hipster district uh, all these uh, nice bars and uh, all this Kalamaya and all these Telskivi areas but if they would have more time and it's the summertime then I would uh, definitely would recommend to discover maybe Pärnu or one of the islands Hiuma with its nice sandy beaches which is not very typical people don't know much about it you know our Estonian sandy beaches. This is actually one thing which I really missed in Finland because a nice sandy beach is a rarity. There is like granite uh, rock mainly and there's only few beaches where like, like there's I think two really nice big beaches, uh, sandy beaches in Finland. They are quite far from Helsinki. They're smaller sand strips, but, but these kind of white sands, what we have in Estonia, you don't see that uh, in Finland. It's more rock and granite. But it's also nice. It's a different, a different. Uh, what are other things that you value about living in Estonia? Hmm. Good question. Well, uh, I think the 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 thing that you can basically do everything online, like uh, the the uh, the small amount of bureaucracy this is this is very valuable like being in us being in sweden in finland like in russia <laughs> uh, like you you actually see how valuable this is like how much you save time like voting or doing your banking things like assigning documents uh, digitally you know yesterday before going to sleep i just signed these two contracts of scholarships uh, and uh, yeah, and send it away. You know, it's just uh, two minutes to do. You know, this is, I think, the the best thing. And Estonia has changed a lot, and uh, the the with fourteen years, obviously, it's changed. Uh, the the living quality has in, uh, has increased a lot, and uh, this is good to see. Now, the, of course, the housing market is even too expensive. It's difficult to find something. Uh, basically same prices as in Finland uh, this is I was like really amazed that okay this is this is a problem now here <laughs> but uh, but yeah I think this is the, the small amount of bureaucracy this is this is good very good yeah, mm -hmm. yeah as you mentioned about um, housing has changed and uh, some other things have changed but uh, what are some other things that have changed besides the housing? Well, I, I think it's, well, if you, I'm from Tallinn and uh, you see around, there's a lot of development, the, the kind of city scene and the, like the downtown where, where I work now, it's like a lot of nice new buildings and it's kind of feel the atmosphere is uh, kind of really nice. And uh, what I really enjoyed now that the, the seaside areas of Tallinn become to be developed, because when I was living in Finland, it was there's a long strips of uh, seashore, really beautiful walkways, cafeterias, a lot of boats everywhere, really nice uh, neighborhoods. But in Estonia, this was all missing. But now it's starting, you know, all this Noblesner and uh, all these uh, these regions are uh, kind of uh, developing. It's really nice to see that the city becomes more, uh, let's say, more mature, let's say. And yeah. I kind of, it's a nice place to live. It's, Estonia is a good place to be. Yeah. This seems like a really good uh, place to start wrapping up. <laughs> it's been so interesting to hear your about your travels and uh, 
um, different places you've lived. Is there anything else you would like to add that we didn't touch today? Hmm. I think we covered pretty much uh, pretty much everything. Uh, well, to the listener, if you are young and uh, thinking to go abroad, then definitely go go study, go live, go travel and live. Just traveling is not enough. Uh, you need to live in a country, you need to live in a different city to get a different perspective of life and uh, the world itself and then you become a bigger person and uh, you will have a bigger dreams to achieve and uh, you want to do something good good and then some point you come back to Estonia bring all these experiences and try to build a bigger and better Estonia for our people here oh that's such a sweet and inspiring ending thank you so much for being my guest today And for the listeners, you can find Found in Estonia podcast on Facebook, on Instagram and on the page foundinestonia.ee where you can also join our monthly newsletter. And now a little more about the sponsor of this season, uh, which is non-profit organization called Mondo, who aims to reduce global inequality. This media content has been prepared in cooperation with NGO Mondo in the framework of the project I Am European Migration Stories and Facts for the 21st Century funded by the European Union and Estonian Centre for International Development, ESTEV. The content of this media content does not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of the funders. That's it from my side. Until next time. Bye!